You can be seated. Pastor John is going to come and introduce our guest speaker. But I will say, having Pastor Kim in the house is especially dear to our heart. Um, Because this man, 15 years ago, 16 years ago, took a risk on some super young people. (laughs) And uh, he's he's the one who installed us here. And so we are so just grateful for his impact on our lives. But I'll let John keep going. Well, that's what I was going to say, but... (laughs) Many of you haven't been with us for that many years, and so you've never met Pastor Kim. He's, he's done a lot of stuff in his life. Uh, he pastored in Waxahachie, Texas for, what, 25 years almost? or 24? Well, we're rounding up right now. 20, 30, 20, whatever. 25 years, um, and he's been the district supervisor over different areas of Texas, and he has served as, in leadership training and development, and uh, most recently he has... Uh, taken on a pastorate again. He is now pastoring once again at Life Church in Katy, Texas. Uh, Katy is right right outside Houston, and so he's brought along his uh, one of his assistant pastors, Pastor Mike, is with him. So uh, we're glad to have you as well, brother. Thank you. Bless you. And uh, but most of all, Kim, you you did take a risk on one really young lady and one a little bit older guy. <laughs> Long time ago. And there, there are still member. There are a couple members of our council left. I think maybe uh, that were still on the church council at that time. But it was, it was a really, it was a God moment, uh, and uh, it was a unifying moment for our church. Uh, and God did something special, and uh, the rest is history. Six, sixteen years later, <laughs> isn't that crazy? So, um, Pastor Kim is a, is a leader of leaders. Uh, he's a hunter. Uh, so he fits right in in West Texas here. Uh, he knows how to hunt more things than some of y'all and uh, can tell you some stories that, that you wouldn't believe, but they're mostly true. Um, and But most of all, he, he knows the Lord and he ministers in, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're, we're thankful for you. So let's, let's welcome our brother Kim. Come on up, Kim. I love you too. Hey, John, uh, excuse me. That sounds interesting. Oh, no, no, be seated, please. When Jesus comes in, you can stand up. So Um, just a couple of things. I'm kind of just wrestling where I want to get started. But uh, uh, I thought I should let Mike say hi to you this morning. So, Michael, why don't you come? Michael's assistant pastor in Katy, and we have another assistant who's preaching there this morning. But I thought he should at least say hello to you. So. Well, good morning, Life Living Way Church. Uh, yeah, come on. I almost <laughs> forgot where I was. But I just wanted to let you know that um, Living Way Church is now my, the second favorite church I've ever visited. Um, but it is a blessing to be here with our church family, and I look at you as cousins, right? I know we use brothers and sisters uh, in the church vernacular a lot, but hey, these are my cousins from, Abilene, uh, from Midway, <laughs> Midland, Midland, Texas. So I have cousins in Midland, Texas. And as we've been going through 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's a blessing to know, hey, these are the people that we're partnering with in these 21 days of prayer and fasting. As we saw the materials out there, it's like the same victory, the same hope that we're praying for that will break through in this nation. You guys are the ones praying with us. You guys are the ones praying for us. And it is such a blessing to uh, put a face to my cousins that we've heard so much about. Um, Just want to say really quick, just as Pastor Kim has been visiting you guys every Sunday, every once in a while, he used to do that at Life Church. Uh, He would visit once or twice a year. And then we went through a transition, and our senior pastor uh, went off to uh, do something else, and we were in a transition period. And then we asked him, uh, Pastor, would you come in for an interim? During that time, he would travel away from his wife uh, from... Grandview, Texas, all the way down to Katy. He would stay in a trailer 
with no heating and no uh, bathroom. So he'd have to use the church bathroom. So he sacrificed for three months. <laughs> so he sacrificed for three months in those living conditions. His wife would be up in Grandview. He'd come down on uh, Monday, stay the week, and head back up to stay with her. And then we asked him, Pastor, would you mind doing it every Sunday? And, and we've been so blessed to have him. And every minute that we have him here uh, at Life Church, we're picking his brain, picking his brain, picking his brain about all the wisdom that he's accumulated over the years. So we pray that you're blessed by him, blessed through him uh, this morning. He has a lot to offer, and we pray that you get it all. Thank you guys very much for your warmth and hospitality. Michael, thanks so much. Well, in case you're in an assisting ministry role, that's how you get job security right there. Just brag on the guy and he'll love it. So I was thinking as we were worshiping, I thought Ashley was so on the mark because I heard the Lord say, there's a warm wind blowing through here. And then he said, it's the embrace of the Father. You see, if you're in the middle of a red hot battle, you don't need a warm wind. You need a cool breeze. But if you've been in a place where maybe it's been cold for a little while, a warm breeze is real welcoming. But it's not necessarily that you've been in a cold place either. It's that every once in a while, we all need the warm embrace of our Father just to come up and pull us up close, and it just means something. My earliest memory, my earliest childhood memory, the first memory I can recall, was on a cold morning, my dad was an East Texas oil field worker, and he was getting up to head out to the oil field that morning, and my mother was going to drive him. So this would have been in 1955, my earliest memory. And I remember my father picking me up in one of those little fleecy, warm baby blankets and putting his arms around me and just laying me down in the back seat so I could continue to sleep. It's the most fabulous, warming memory I have of a father's embrace. That's my first memory. So could I just for a minute? Yeah. So this morning, just a warm embrace from the father. He's thinking about you today. Just take his hug, amen? Isn't that good? I just, nothing wrong over there. Just an embrace. Just a love from the Father. Isn't that right, sis? Just a, a loving embrace sometimes, huh? I think we need those kind of things. Let's see. I'm looking for you. Ah, uh, yeah. A warm embrace. Sometimes things don't seem like they're moving fast enough. And you just need that little assuring touch of the Lord. Okay. Well, good. Everybody okay? How you doing? Mawing them okay? Cousin Virgil doing good this morning. Yeah. All right. I have a, a word that I think is a significant word. Uh, it's a word for the church at large. And it's, uh, why don't you go ahead and decide to live life? life to the max I mean it's the only life you have it's the only one you're going to get so with whatever amount of time we have left some of us longer than others and that's kind of a juggle too because people go to the Lord early in life and sometimes later in life but why don't we just decide to live the very best life we could ever possibly live I've learned something oh by the way Happy New Year, everybody. This is the starting of a new year. And I've learned something about New Year's, as you have learned about them, that there's something about this time of year that people amazingly start to think about new beginnings and fresh starts at the beginning of a new year. And I think it's interesting to observe that sort of thing because it seems like for some reason with the starting of a new year, people will give themselves permission to stop some things and start some new things. I mean, what, where's that come from? 
I mean, just the starting of a new year. And I can't help but chuckle because those of you that get on Facebook, you'll, you'll see these little memes and it'll go, you know, 2002 was like this and it'll have somebody slapping somebody. It was a horrible year, you know. And then the next frame is, but 2023 is like this and they're dressed like a superhero charging into it. And I'm like, what happened in 24 hours that did that? What, what happened that made us believe that that's what just took place in the space of that short 24 hours? Some kind of super-duper transformation took place. Where did that come from? Just by the ending of the year and the starting of it. Where cometh these newfound abilities? However, there's an interesting thing about the Bible. We're going to take a look at it this morning that as the Apostle Paul is writing to the Philippian church, he does express that there is a very real possibility to change some things. And here's the good time. You can do it any time of the year you want to. You don't have to wait for the new year to get started on things like that. So let's take a look at this scripture. You want to read with me? Let's go. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do... Could you say that with me? This. Okay, that's really important. Forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth into those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul states in this scripture, and I think it's encouraging to know if this was that way with Paul, it's that way with us. He said... I don't count myself as having apprehended yet. In other words, I haven't gotten everything that I want to get yet. I'm not there. There are things that I want to occur that have not yet occurred. And so how about that? Uh, is that true with you, that there are some other things that you would like to see that you haven't seen yet? That maybe there's something that you want to apprehend and get your hands on but you haven't been able to get your hands on it yet. The word apprehend literally means to find. It means to comprehend. Well, let's see if I have that up there. Yeah, here we go. To find, to comprehend, to understand, then seize and possess. You lay hold of it and possess it as your own. So the Apostle Paul is saying, there's some things I haven't discovered yet. And I'm looking for him. He's saying some interesting things here. He's saying that in this particular situation, there are, I'm a man on the hunt. I'm going after something, and I still haven't obtained it, but I'm still going after it. Can I say something? You can't ever stop. No, wait a minute. You can't ever stop. The minute you stop, it moves you miles backwards from apprehending anything you've ever dreamed of. You can never stop. There are things, he says, I haven't comprehended yet. I still don't understand everything. I still haven't comprehended it. I still don't, I haven't seized it. I haven't possessed it. There are things I want to own and I've not yet owned them all. And the same is true for us. And it tells us there's always another step to take. There's always another dream to dream. There's always another vision for something more. There's always something else to reach for. And there's always, always resistance to everything we want to apprehend. Everybody figured that one out by now? And like Paul we understand that there are things that we have not yet apprehended in our life. But we do know that God always has more for us, a trade up, than where we're currently living. How many of you know that God has more for you than where you're at right now in your life? It's true. And we haven't yet apprehended all those things. And so we all agree with that. I mean, let's pause for a moment. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I just want to remind you, God has something more for you than you have. I want to remind you, God has something more for you. 
the point that the apostle is making in that scripture up there is that we must constantly be reaching and we must constantly be pressing forward. And whatever those things are, call them what you want to them. Call them your goals. Call them your dreams. Call them those vision, those things that God has put in. They represent your heart's desires, those things that you would say, I would if I could. That how do we take the would if I could and turn them into I got it? How do we apprehend those kind of things? Well, the scripture says real clearly up here that there's one thing. The apostle Paul said, but this one thing, in answer to everything that I have not yet received, I've not yet comprehended, I've not yet apprehended, there's this one thing though. Isn't it good that God can simplify it down to one thing? Instead of trying out these 10,000 things and hoping for the best, God goes, but this one thing. Paul, I haven't gotten there, but there's this one thing. This one thing. If I can just get that, I can apprehend other things. The one thing will help you apprehend that thing that you're wanting to get your hands on. And it's really, really important. And so it's exciting how God simplifies that. But here's the one thing. This is the one thing, and then we've got to define it. The one thing is you've got to go for the prize. Are you going to go for it? And you've got to know what that prize is. The mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So getting to the place where you apprehend those things that you're looking for is going to have a lot to do with your personal calling of how God's calling you to do something and how you're called to live a life. You cannot get there without that calling. And so the word mark means the goal or the end result that one has in view. And for those of us who like to hunt, we understand that because we know what looking through a scope looks like. And it's got that crosshair in it, and you put it on the mark. You've got to have a mark or you're not going to hit the target. You've got to have something you're shooting at or you cannot hit the target. And so the mark of the prize, and I want you to look at how it says, the mark for the prize. The mark is not the prize. The mark is what you have to have in order to get to the prize. And the mark of the prize, the prize is of the high calling. The high calling is not the prize. It is of the calling. The prize comes into existence as we live out the thing that God has called us to live in our life. And it means that we're a watcher and an observer, like we're looking through that scope and we're marking something. And what that helps us to do is live a very focused and a very intentional life instead of responding to everything that comes and makes us live this way. Ever been there before? How many of you know the devil's real good at stirring up a bunch of stuff? And he'll get you living like this. I do, I do, double-minded man is a triple-minded man, quadruple-minded. How do you give yourself if you're not focused? How can you hit a target when you're living responding all the time? I might have told this illustration here before. I don't know if I did, but I'm going to tell it again like I never have. Ever, and you'll like it a second time too. But I remember being in high school and playing uh, football that we had blocking practice one day. And I don't know what, the co- what was going on in the coach's mind. I'm sure it was a moment of insanity because he put me up to block. And I'm a, well, I know it's hard to imagine that at one time I was uh, a skinny guy. Hallelujah. I've just obtained a well-rounded ministry over the year. And, uh, but I was this little skinny guy, and he put me up against Goliath to block. I don't know if that guy was that much taller than I was. And he was, I don't know. 275 pounds and I was begging for 165 and I'm looking over here and I'm thinking this is going to be bad this is going to be real bad and I remember that coach leaning over and whispering in my ear Pittner do you want to beat that big old boy I said you bet I do 
He said, there's only one thing. When I blow the whistle, you have to get off the line before he gets off the line. And you need to pop him before he gets his head up. You got to make him, listen, respond. Because as long as he's off balance, you've got him. So he blew that whistle. And that big old boy barely got his head up. And pow, I popped him. And back he staggered. So I popped him again. (laughs) Back he staggered some more. And I was so proud of myself that I stopped. That was bad. (laughs) Because then he got his feet under him. And he beat the tar out of me. But I beat him as long as I was initiating. But then when I got into responsive mode, now I'm reactionary. You see what I'm saying? You got to have a mark. You got to have a target. You got to intentionally go after whatever God's putting on your heart. If not, you'll find yourself responding to everything that the devil throws. And he'll keep you real busy. Have you noticed that? He'll wear you out with stuff. He'll get things on your mind, upsets, hurts in your mind, going like this. And you're not, you know, you know you need to be thinking about Jesus, but we're responding. So it takes that focus that we're talking about. So in other words, the prize is attached to the calling. And the calling is the only way we receive the prize. And since this prize is unlike any other prize, it requires a high calling to get there. In other words... Not something we're making up for ourselves. It's a calling that calls from, comes from God. Everybody knows this, right? God designed you. He gave you gifts. He gave you a calling. You may not know what that is, but then it's very important to know what that is if it's so essential to getting where you can apprehend what you're trying to accomplish in this life becomes extremely important. So you got to live out your calling. So the word high, it means, read along with me, upward and above, something that comes from a higher place. It also is translated as up to the brim. You know what I mean by that, right? When you get a cup of coffee and it's up to the brim. It's right there ready to spill over. And it fills it all the way to the top. Now, that's, that's something that's absolutely incredible in my mind because it's telling me that God's calling will fill you all the way to the top. Is that if you felt there was any kind of emptiness or any kind of vacancy in your life, when you say yes to the thing that God has called you to, it will fill life up. You will be fulfilled like you never have before. And then the word calling, I love this because in the Greek it means an invitation to a feast. That when you say yes to the calling, it's like God invited you to a great big feast. You're going to feast and taste something that will satisfy you like nothing on earth has ever satisfied you before. It's incredible what the high calling. It means you're fully embracing the salvation And it's the understanding that salvation is not just being saved from sin. It is. Hallelujah. But it also is you are saved to something. And that to something is the calling that God has gifted you and empowered you for. And when you live that, you get fulfilled. And now a fulfilled person has the capacity to apprehend some things but if a person feels empty and defeated they have a hard time embracing anything does that make sense everybody y'all like me i like you the calling is high it's from another dimension it's from god himself for you and it'll fill you to the top take you higher than you could ever imagine. It's a personal feast. It will feed you with the life that comes from God like nothing else. It's His divine embrace. It's His hug. It's His welcome. It's His acceptance. It's His heart. It's His clasp on our lives. So I have a challenge. In other words, the anointing, that's where it works. That's where the yoke gets broken when you're living that life. So I have a challenge. My challenge for you is 
why don't you make the best decision today for your life that you've ever made? Why don't you decide, you know what? I don't care about the circumstances. I'm just going to make the best decision for my life that I've ever made. And it's never too late to make another decision because I can promise you things change, don't they? Here's a, here's a scripture for us all to be excited about. Once I was young, now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen his seed out begging bread. See, that's the difference right there. That when we're lock, stop, uh, step in tune with God, then there's just such a feeding of his presence into our lives that we can just live an incredible life. Why don't you go after God's highest investment in you? He invested in you. He gave his only begotten son to bring you into the salvation. He gave you gifts. He gave you calling. He gave you infilling of the Holy Spirit. He's really invested some big stuff in our lives. Why don't we say yes to that and turn all that he gave us loose to do everything that it was designed to do? Here's my challenge for you today. Why don't you just throw away all restraints and just go for it? Why don't you just remove all the excuses and why we can't? Why don't we just face all of our fears? Why don't we just eliminate our hindrances? And why don't we just decide once and for all, while I'm still up on this planet and breathing, I'm going to live the life that God gave me and the one he empowered me for. Just live that life. Amen. Now, I need you to think about this. Here's, a, here's something we all agree on. It's just harder to practice than it is to agree on it. Here it is. Ready? Dynamic. The past is the past. You nearly, everybody was nearly slain in the spirit on that, weren't you? It just me. Incredible. The past is past. I wish that was true for a lot of people because for a lot of people, the past is very present. They're not going on. It's a hindrance. It's a slowdown. I can't do this because of that. And we keep finding ourselves going back, rehearsing old history. I had a gentleman come in the other day, and he said to me, and, and I, I felt this pain in this, that in some kind of presentation he had been forgotten. And it was just an honest oversight. Anybody had an honest oversight before where you forgot something? I, I realize as I'm getting older I have more honest oversights. That's what we're calling them, amen, than I, than I used to have. And uh, he had been forgotten and he came in to talk to me about it, and I just said, oh, brother, it was just an oversight. You're, you're obviously deeply valuable to, but we were honoring, we honored leaders over here, and you were honored. We were just honoring volunteers here. So you had already been honored, but we didn't communicate that well. So it's on us. So we didn't point the finger at him. And then he said it out of his mouth. He said, well, you know, I struggle because I've been rejected in my life. And I looked at him with all the love I can muster, and I said, I can only let you use that on me one or two times because I'm not the one that rejected you. I'm for you. And you can't keep letting that thing that happened define your future. You can't look, keep looking through the lenses of rejection. You have to, at some point, start to see yourself as Jesus sees you and not as a victim of life and circumstances and situations. And I'm for you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to invest in you. I believe in you. And the moment I found out about the oversight, I immediately, as your pastor, went to help and fix and repair that on your behalf. And you got honored, didn't you? Yes, pastor. I said, the past is the past. You cannot get to the future if you keep looking there. You can't apprehend this dream that you have if every time something happens, you go back. You understand what I'm saying? It's really, really important because it's easy for all of us to do. All of us, if we were to go around here and we would rehearse some painful moments in our past, we would all have some, some worse than others. Granted, how long does that inform the future? And so what I've learned is, is that 
there's no way you can go back and redo what's done. But you can decide to live into the future and apprehend what God has up ahead of you. You can do that. And I've learned that that's that sort of thing. That just because this happened in my life, it does not mean I'm helpless. And it does not mean I'm powerless. In fact, if I let that serve me, I can become more powerful than I've ever been before. And I can help people who have been living there to get to here. Because I'm intent on apprehending something that I once did not have. It's incredibly important that we do that. And can I just tell you something honest? I mean, this is just honest. Frankly, the only thing you have available to you is today and the future. And if today you make a decision for the future, then you're on the road. In that moment of decision, in that less than 24-hour period, it shifted. And you didn't have to wait for the new year to get here. Yeah, yeah. The word prize means, well, let's look at it. There is a prize above all other prizes. And the word prize means an award to the victor. In other words, if you don't overcome, you don't get it. So it comes when you decide you're going to live victorious. And the prize is not the high calling. Rather, the high calling is how you obtain the prize. As you live that calling out, then you're on your way to the prize. Let me say it another way. God rewards those who live out their callings. It's that simple. So he loves us all, right? He does. I'm not talking about getting to heaven. You get Jesus, you get heaven. But I'm talking about there's a life to live here on the earth, and it's only one life. And what's it going to be? How do you want to live that out? You've got to understand that the high calling is designed by God and people to achieve their highest life possible. And there's nothing higher for you than that calling of God. He designed it. He gifted you. He inspired you with it. He sent his son to die for it. And my friend, it is the calling that will help you receive the prize. And this is what I know. It's deeply important. The calling has a calling. In other words, your calling will call to you it has a voice oh yeah in other words it fits you so perfectly it was designed for you by God so perfectly that it beckons you come this way it has a voice it will move you in his direction it whispers in your ear it tugs at your soul it stirs your spirit You cannot get away from it. Let me say it like this. You can run, but you can't hide. Because he's after you. And he's after you to live the life he designed for you. Because it really works for you. It's perfect for you. The gifts and callings are without repentance, the Bible says. And uh, let's see if I have this. Oh, yeah. Then Jeremiah said it this way. Then I said, I will not make mention of him. So here's a prophet of God who's decided, I'm going out of the ministry. I'm not going to talk about God anymore. I'm not going to make mention of him. But remember, the calling calls to you. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with trying not to do it or with forbearing. I could not stay. In other words... You might as well go and say yes because you're going to be plenty miserable till you say yes. You're going to get weary with forbearing. You're going to get tired of not saying yes to what it is that he has. So just go on and say yes and start living it out and it'll start kicking in the gear. But he's going like, I, I, you know, I can hear him talk, sound like me sometimes. You know, I'm tired of trying. You know, God, I've been living for you, and I did this, and that don't work, and that's it, and that person won't cooperate, and, you know, you know how you do it about your own family, amen. You know what I'm talking about. You know, we've got a good place in us to gripe about when things aren't going just perfectly for us, and we're doing all that kind of stuff, and you'll say, I just quit. (sighs) Yeah, finally. (laughs) That might be the best thing for you to quit so God can take over. And all of a sudden, you know, it just, it's burning. <laughs> it's down in your bones. 
it can't let you alone. It was designed for you. It's, maybe, it's the real you trying to get out and live what God called you to do. And I've got to say something about this. Since it won't live you alone because it's this unquenchable fire that calls to us. The old-timers used to tell us, it's funny when I say the old-timer because now I am that old-timer. So some of you say, I can remember the old-timers used to say, is that the, that calling of God is like the hound dog of heaven. It'll get your scent, it'll get on your trail, and it won't leave you until you're pointed out. And it's so powerful. This life is so powerful that it is also the primary target of the wicked one. Because if he can keep you from that, he can keep you from fulfillment. Hmm. He knows that when a person says yes to God and lives out their calling that they're going to be at their maximum potential then. They're going to live life to the max. He knows that they're going to start walking in the award that goes to the victor. And so he relentlessly comes against it. That's why we also must relentlessly reach for, pursue, long for, sacrifice for the life that God has called us to live. And it's such a battle to say yes, but you must say yes. Because it's the only way to the prize. And there is a prize. And so the point is this. It quit is what the point is. Amen. The point is this. i just looking to see if it did. If you're going to apprehend the prize, then you've got to live out the high calling of God. It's the only way there. You can't get there any other way. And if you're going to start living out your high calling, then this scripture said there's three things you have to do. Are you ready to think about this? Are you ready to get on that road? There are three things. But the first thing is, let's see if it does it this time. It's going to require steps of faith by you. Remember Habakkuk says, the just shall live by faith. In this context... The steps of faith for apprehending what God has for us requires three specific steps of faith that we read in that scripture in the very, very beginning. Very important steps of faith. Not these giant cataclysmic things, but when you do them, it causes cataclysmic things to take place. All right, are you ready for the first one? Here we go. Go ahead and help me with it. You've got to forget some things. There are some things, if you keep remembering them, they're not going to get you there. You've got to forget some things. And what does that scripture say? Forgetting those things which are behind. Paul said, I may not have apprehended everything, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Behind does not define everything for the future. And forgetting literally means to turn loose out of your mind, to neglect them and turn away from them. And that's what forgetting means. You've got to start neglecting all those things that have aggravated you in life. You've got to kick them to the curb, get in your car, drive off and abandon them and leave them over there on the curb and don't go back to them anymore. They were a part of your life. God can use all things for your good, so let him use them and then start thinking about the prize instead of the things you need to forget. So listen, this is, this is the world we live in. If you were abused in any kind of way, any kind of way, and you considered it something, as long as you think about that, it's going to inform the way you think about the future. You'll never think differently because you'll always let this define how you're going to think about things. Whether you were mistreated, whether there was prejudice, whatever that thing may be, whether you were mistreated in a church, you know, you can always go back. You've got to forget some things. And that's what I'm going to ask today, that by the Holy Spirit, that the Lord will say, if you remember them all the time, that means you're entertaining them 
you're giving them a welcome into life to continue to make your decisions for the future. If we feed on something, it will strengthen that something. This is the logic of my pastor growing up. He's just a East Texas country boy. And this is how he says it. Well, this is how he talked in a deep voice. Well, praise God. I mean, I wish I sounded like that. He said, well, praise God. Now, son, you got this brown dog right here. Amen. And you got this black dog. If you feed the brown dog and you starve the black dog, the brown dog will always win over the black dog. But if you make a choice to start starving that brown dog and you start feeding that black dog, then that black dog's going to get strong and he will start defeating that brown dog. And I said, that's it. What you feed is what will strengthen you. If you feed on misery, misery will be strengthened in your life. If you feed on the Word of God, then you get everything that the Word of God has for you. The entrance of His Word gives light, illumination. It is the sword of spirit. I'm powerful in battle. That whatever the Word is, and then I'm feeding on the prize, I'm feeding for that, then even I can hear that, I can let it go because I'm feeding on something different. And I'm able to become victorious by simply forgetting some things, quit feeding on them, and start feeding on the things that make me strong in the Lord and the power of His mind. That makes sense. It's practical. Amen. So there's a prize and you're going to have to forget some things. I'm praying for you right now. Lord, tell each one what they need to kick to the curb. I I will say this as a minister. I am deeply regretful and sorrowful for anything anybody went through that was misery for them. But I love you too much to say, you can't stay back there anymore. You've got to come up here. You've got to start feeding on something different. The third thing is you've got to reach for some things. Reaching forth into those things which are before. You've got to start reaching into the future. You've got to reach. You know what reach says to me? It means I'm stretching beyond what I'm comfortable with. It means I've got to take a step of faith and step out beyond my comfort zone I've got to step beyond what's convenient for me. And if I do that, then I'm stretching myself outward and forward. And I'm going to reap what I sow. So I will start to advance because I'm free from just what's easy and convenient. You've got to stretch. And so there are things up ahead of you that you have never seen before. And they're worth stretching for. And how far will you trust God up there in the future? Trust Him as far as you can believe. You've got to move into the future. Now, a lot of people won't believe this about me, but it's true. As a little boy, I was deeply shy and deeply intimidated by everything. I would never get up and talk in front of people. But he called me one day. And the calling started calling me. And the calling told me to stretch into a place. The day I prayed and accept Jesus as my Savior, he simultaneously called me to preach the gospel when he saved me. At that day of salvation, I was saved from my sins and to a calling in life. Not everybody's called to preach like I am. But everybody's called to something that God has gifted and shaped them for. And so I said yes to it. And then comes out of the comfort zone, stretching yourself. So I'm going like, I'm called to preach. Do you know where that scripture is? Is that in the Bible? I, I didn't know. I'm young, right? I'm newly saved. I know I'm called but how in the world are you going to be called if you don't know what the Bible says? 
And so now I have to start digging. I have to start scratching. I have to start learning the Word. I get to hunger and thirst for the Word. And I remember the first time I was asked to preach. It was at a youth group at the Gospel Lighthouse Church in Dallas, Texas. And I went in there, and I had my little sermon ready, and I preached all of it in five minutes. And I said, that's too short. So I started over and preached it again and gave a double portion. I'm just saying I got uncomfortable. I stretched myself. I can remember Brother Hibbard sitting on, back then the the elders would sit on the platform while you preach, right? You love that because if you'd look over there every once in a while to see what they were thinking while you're preaching. And I got to imitating You learn stuff. I got to imitating another preacher that was successful as if that was going to make me. That's we do those kind of things. We try to imitate other successful people, but we're not being who we are. My calling is not to act like them, but I'm up there doing it. Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I look over there and Brother Hibbard's going, oh, God. (laughs) Well, you know what you do in that situation? And Jesus is Lord, amen. In the service and get off the platform, amen. And I remember I went home, I cried, I cried all the way home. And Cheryl, my sweet Cheryl, pulled out that switchblade finger. (laughs) You got to be yourself. Yes, ma'am, I'm going to be myself from now on. And, And so I am. But in order to apprehend what it was God ultimately wanted to bring me to, I never, I never would have dreamed that I would have been a pastor of a church. I never would have dreamed I would supervise other church. I never would have dreamed that God would have used me to install other people into their future and what they, I never would have dreamed that that was part of my DNA, part of the plan that God had for my life. And just think, if I hadn't stretched, if I hadn't made it inconvenient for myself, if I if I'd taken the easy route, I never would have apprehended what God had in mind with me. And the last thing is, is you've got to do this, everybody. What time does that clock say? Ten o'clock? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I knew when I asked that I'd get a lot of help. Amen. So, uh, you got, so I said you've got to reach for some things. Move it for me if you don't mind. you also got to press. You've got to press for some things. It don't come easy. You've got to press. You've got to press through things. You ever had circumstances and situations and you just had to press through it? It's just the only way that it was going to come. The word press means to eagerly and earnestly pursue like you're running a race to reach a goal. You exert this continual force. You never let up. And uh, I know it's hard to imagine this. By the way, I know I'm in West Texas, so I'm asking you to forgive me in advance for what I'm about to say, but I went to college at the University of Texas in Austin. You're Christians. Don't forget you're Christians first. Amen. And I know it's hard to imagine, but I I don't know, maybe not. I'm so muscular still that maybe anyway, but I was a pole vaulter of all things for the University of Texas. Now my nose bleed when I get up on my bed at night. It's too high for me to get up there, you know. But I ran track all through high school. I graduated out in Irving, Texas, out of Irving High School. And I'm I'm a pole vaulter, right? But I remember back in high school, we had a dual track meet with Nimitz High School that was across the the, uh, other side of town. And coach came up to me and said, Pittner, I've entered you into the 100-yard dash. That's what we called it then. It's 100 meters now, but it was 100 yards back then. And uh, I said, what? I'm a pole vaulter. I'm not fast like that. You know, and he goes, you're running it. And uh, you want to stay on the track team and be a pole vaulter? I'm going to run it, Coach. Yep, absolutely. And I can remember that day 
that I knew I was lining up against the fastest man in their school. And I remember getting in those blocks. I'm talking about pressing. I remember getting in those blocks. Runners, come to your mark. Up I went after I got a few tips on how you're supposed to hold yourself in the block. Sit. Gun goes off. Out of those blocks I came. And I just remember I forgot him and got focused. Got the target. And I ran for that target. And every time I'd take a step, pressed. I gave it more than the step before. And I come across that finish line outrunning the fastest guy in their school. And this little song came up in my spirit. Standing tall and looking good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? I never, I never ran the 100-yard dash again. But that guy took third place at the district meet. And I thought, I might have could have been the district champion. Who knows? Because I outrun you once so I can do it again. You know, you know what I'm saying? But I, I had to press in order to apprehend the prize. I had to stretch. I had to do something I'd never done before. And I can remember one more time it came back that now I'm in high, I'm sitting on the bus where at district track meet and I'm pole vaulting and I'm, I'm in the money. You know, I'm going to place. And coach comes into the bus. I'm sitting in there taking a break. He said, well, Pidner, you're done for the day, right? You finished pole vaulting? I said, I have. He goes, you're going to run on the 400, uh, the 4 by 100 relay. <laughs> what? I'm done. I've never exchanged a handoff in my life. And he says, well, we don't have anybody else, and you're going to do it. And so I got out there and practiced a few handoffs. They're going to make me the lead leg. And he says, you got to get it around that corner, brother. You got to take it there. Here we go again. Runners to your mark. Sit. Boom. Off I went around that. Stick. Pow. Man, I made that hand off. That guy got it and off they went. First place, district champions. 400 standing tall and looking good. All I'm saying, and you know, you would think that would be the reward, but it wasn't. Moves my heart till this day. See, my mom and dad went separate ways. So I didn't have daddy bringing me up. But you can't let that define your future about who you're going to be. You've got to be who God made you to be. And I'll never forget Coach Hargraves coming in the bus and talking to all the guys. And then he said, and Pittner's son, you brought home the bacon today. And that marks something in my spirit. I may not do everything perfectly, but by the grace of God, I can bring home the bacon. You've got to reach into some things that you haven't done before. And the Lord's telling me there's dreams in here, there's visions and there are ideas, and they're probably going to require you to do some things you haven't done before. Why don't you just do it? Why don't you just reach out and press and push into something. So here's what I'm saying. I think this. You want to change it for me? You can change it from now on. I think this is a word for 2023. Life to the max. Why don't you just live it to the maximum capability? What did Jesus say? I came to give you life and life more up to the max. To the max. Life in the fullest degree, one translation said. Uh, and so life that overflows, life that reaches beyond anything that you've ever known, life that presses to the edge, life that fills to the brim, that throughout this year I'm going to kick some things to curb, I'm going to forget some things, and I'm going to reach for some things, and I'm going to press for some things this year, and at the end of the year I'm going to be in a different place than when I started out, that I am going to hunger and thirst for life. 
I'm going to drink my deepest drink. That if all I had left was one year on this planet, it's going to be the biggest draw I've ever taken in in my life. I'm going to drink deeply. It's like what Martin Luther said. He said, if I knew the world was ending tomorrow, I would still plant an apple tree today. In other words, I'm going to keep serving that which is productive to my last breath. And maybe it doesn't mean that you're doing something in a church, but maybe you're speaking life into that grandbaby that's going to turn them into a powerhouse in their life. Maybe you're going to speak into them because you know life can do this to you, but you're going, I, I can't apprehend it, so I can't let him go there. I'm going to speak to him to go there and you start, or her, and you start to direct them into those places that we must in this life. So um, one more scripture. And I'm going to wind it up, everybody. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. In other words, run for the prize. Run like nobody else is going to run. And every man that strives for mastery is temperate, in other words, disciplined in things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And I run, therefore so run, not with uncertainty. And I like that description, not as one that beats the air. You ever seen people that run like this? They're beating the air. They won't win because they're not focused running specifically. They're all over the place. And a lot of people are trying to get through life the same way. Not as one that beats the air. I keep under my body, bring it under subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, I'm not going to be a castaway that this is our year. Can I say it? I believe this can be your year. Not because a new year started, but because Philippians is right. Because the Apostle Paul was right. That if we can forget a few things this morning, if we can reach for some things and press for the things, we can live life to the maximum. Amen? Be honest with me. How many of you have got some things you need to forget this morning? Yeah. Yeah, I need to leave some things. Could we all stand together just for a moment? Now, sometimes I've learned in life, sometimes we need to do something physically so that our mind grips grasp it with understanding if you need to forget some things i want you to step out from where you're at and come to the altar and in a minute i'm going to say kick it to the curb and walk back that's all we're going to do you're going to kick it to the curb you got some things you need to forget bring them up here to the lord's altar just come on several of us said you did just bring them up here and just face the lord don't worry about me we're going to forget some things this morning and we're going to declare they're not going to lead us anymore. If God is showing you, you need to reach for something. And you say, you know what, I'm all right. I, I think I've forgotten things and they're not defining me. But the Lord told me I need to reach for something this morning. Then would you come and say, I'm going to commit to reach. And I'm going to commit to press now. I'm going to do those things. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me together to the Lord out loud all together right now? Father, I come in Jesus' name. And I'm bringing you these things I need to forget. I'm declaring I'm going to live life to the max. And these things are hindrances. So I'm going to kick them to the curb, Lord. I'm going to start neglecting them. I'm going to let them shrivel up and die. They can't define my future anymore. And now I'm going to reach out. I'm going to reach out in the areas you tell me to reach. And I'm going to press through all opposition. I'm going to live by how I'm gifted. I'm going to live by how I'm called. And in Jesus' name, I'm embracing... 
the Father's warm embrace. That that warm wind blows over me now. And that in Jesus' name, I have abundant life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, all of you that are up here in the front, here's what you do. Because you just made a commitment to the Lord. So I want you to turn and just grab somebody and take them by the hand and say, be released into all that God has for you. Just do that around the room. Grab some. Be released. Speak it. Be released into all that God has for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Be released into it. Into everything he has for you. Hallelujah. Be released, my friend, into all that he has for you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Bless you, buddy. We're going to do it, aren't we? Absolutely. Hey, let's just, let's just give Jesus some praise. Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Was that, was that a timely word for you? Thank you. Thank you for speaking to us as a father. We appreciate that and we, we receive it. Uh, sometimes you need the, the father to speak the father's things. So, uh, it's so awesome. Uh, we are dismissed today. You are blessed to go. If you still need prayer for anything, we will have a few leaders up here. They're always available after every service. So if you, if you need something specific that you want to still pray through, uh, pray that you've already been freed, forgotten what you need to forget and moved on. But, uh, sometimes we just need a little bit of extra time to pray. So, uh, be blessed and, uh, we will see you on Wednesday.